0: Hello and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny. Today is Wednesday, September 13th, and I hope that you are having a wonderful day. We're halfway through the week. We're halfway to the weekend. I hope everything is going well for you this week. Now, if this is your first time listening, I, of course, want to say welcome. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, topics, or categories. We do, however, have a new episode every day, Monday through Friday, with each day getting progressively harder. So, of course, today is Wednesday, the middle of the week, halfway between the weekends, which means that today will be middle of the road in terms of difficulty. It will be neither hard, it will be neither easy. But if you find this episode to be a bit challenging, I encourage you to listen to it anyway. In fact, I encourage you to listen tomorrow and listen to Friday as well. You never know, you might surprise yourself. You might know the answer to some questions. If, however, you find this episode to be a bit too simple for your taste, well, you're in luck. We're only halfway through the week, so you can always tune in tomorrow on Thursday or Friday for a bit more of a challenge. So with that out of the way, let's get to today's round of questions with question number one. Which legendary British rock band released the famous album Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band in 1967? that band was the Beatles. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is the eighth studio album by the English rock band The Beatles. Released on the 26th of May 1967, Sgt. Pepper, which is the short version of that title, is regarded by musicologists as an early concept album that advanced the roles of sound, composition, extended form, psychedelic imagery, record sleeves, and the producer in popular music. In 1968, it won four Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year, the first rock LP to receive this honor. In 2003, it was inducted into the National Recording Registry by the Library of Congress in the United States. has topped several critics and listeners' polls for the best album of all time. Once again, that was the Beatles, who came out with the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club hearts club band album moving on to question number two who was the first televised president in the United States and that president the first president on TV was Franklin Delano Roosevelt so FDR Franklin Roosevelt, FDR, was the first president to appear on television. In April 1939, he spoke at the New York World's Fair over the NBC New York television station, which at the time was W2XBS. Though these remarks were only seen on a handful of television sets at the fairgrounds at NBC headquarters at radio station and on some estimated 200 television sets in private homes in New York metropolitan area at the time. Now later on of course in 1960 John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon faced off in America's first televised presidential debate. For the first time candidates appearances would affect their success. This is very famous because John F. Kennedy, he knew that he was going to be watched by millions of people. So when he arrived for the debate, he was well-rested. He was looking tan. He looked relaxed. Whereas Richard Nixon was fighting an injury. He was fighting a fever. He was not well clean-shaven, not well-slept. And when there were polls conducted after that initial uh, initial debate, the people who watched it on TV thought that Kennedy won. But people who listened to it on the radio thought that Richard Nixon won. So for the first time, this showed how visibly seeing the candidate can actually help their progress. But that was well after the very first president to actually appear on television, which once again was FDR. Moving on to question number three. In 1977, NASA launched two space probes that would later provide valuable data about the outer planets of our solar system. What were the names of these two probes? And those two probes were Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. The Voyager program is an American scientific program that employs two robotic interstellar probes, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. They were launched in 1977 to take advantage of a favorable alignment of the two gas giants, Jupiter and Saturn, and the ice giants, Uranus and Neptune, to fly near them while, re- while collecting data for transmission back to Earth. After launch, the decision was made to send Voyager 2 near Uranus, and Neptune to collect data for transmission back to Earth, while the other one went towards Jupiter and Saturn. As of 2023, the Voyagers are still in operation beyond the outer boundary of the heliosphere in the interstellar space. They still collect and transmit useful data to Earth. As of 2023, Voyager 1 is moving with a velocity of 61,000 kilometers per hour. That's roughly equivalent to about 38,000 miles per hour relative to the sun. Now, Voyager 1 is currently, this number is very impressive, but apparently true, 23 billion kilometers. It's about 14 billion miles away from Earth as of March 9th, 2023. I'm going to say that again. Voyager 1 is currently 23 billion kilometers Equivalent to about 14 billion miles from Earth. Now Voyager 2 is pretty similar. It currently moves at a velocity of about 55,000 kilometers per hour. It's equivalent to about 34,000 miles per hour. So just a little bit slower than its brother. And it's currently at about uh, it's currently at about 20 billion kilometers from the Sun, which is equivalent to about 12 billion miles from or excuse me from Earth again that was as of march 9th so those two probes the voyager probes voyager 1 and voyager 2 launched in 1977 they have made it quite a distance in that time i thought that was quite impressive i remember learning about those in school i had no idea that they were billions of miles away from earth already i didn't know they were moving that fast and i certainly didn't know that they were still collecting and sending data moving on to question number four Which prestigious college football award is presented annually to the best player in college football? And that award is the Heisman Memorial Trophy. Known colloquially as the Heisman Trophy or simply the Heisman, The Heisman Memorial Trophy is awarded annually to the most outstanding player in college football. Winners epitomize great ability combined with diligence, perseverance, and hard work. It is presented by the Heisman Trophy Trust in early December before the postseason bowl games. The trophy is made, there's a new trophy actually made every year for each winner of it, and those trophies are made out of cast bronze, They're 13 inches tall, 14 inches long, 16 inches in width, and they weigh 45 pounds. So it's quite an impressive trophy. That, once again, is called the Heisman Memorial Trophy, or simply the Heisman. Moving on to question number five. Which European monarch, known for his military campaigns and expansion of the Russian Empire, was given the nickname The Great? And that monarch was Peter the Peter the commonly known as Peter the Great, was Tsar of all of Russia from 1682 and the first Emperor of all of Russia from 1721 until his death in 1725. He reigned jointly with his half-brother Ivan V until 1696. From this year, Peter was an absolute monarch who remained the ultimate authority. His methods were often harsh and autocratic, and Peter is primarily credited with the modernization of the country, transforming it into a major European power. His his administrative reforms, creating a governing Senate in 1711, the Collegium in 1717, and the Table of Ranks in 1722, had a lasting impact on Russia, and many institutions of the Russian government can trace their origins to his reign. A uh, fun fact about Peter the Great is he was actually six foot eight. He was six feet, eight inches tall, which is remarkable in height even today. But especially back then, we were talking about, you know, the height of pretty much an NBA player being the monarch of Russia over 200 year, excuse me, over 300 years ago. So once again, that was Peter the First, the tall guy, commonly known as Peter the Great. Question number six. From what continent is the dance the tango from? And that continent is South America. Now, I actually got this one wrong. I was mistaken. I thought that this one was that this dance was from Spain, uh, but the tango is a partner dance and social dance that originated in the 1880s along the Rio de la Plata, which is the natural border between Argentina and Uruguay. The tango was born in the impoverished port areas of these countries from a combination of the Rio Platense Candom celebrations, Spanish-Cuban habanera, and the Argentine malanga. Apologies for pronunciations, of course. It was frequently practiced in the brothels and bars of ports where business owners employed bands to entertain their patrons before spreading to the rest of the world. So once again, that was in South America along the border of Argentina and Uruguay. And that is where the famous dance, the tango, originated. Question number seven. In what country is the Nobel Peace Prize awarded annually? In that country is Norway. The Nobel Peace Prize is one of the five Nobel Prizes established by the will of Swedish industrialist, inventor, and armaments manufacturer Alfred Nobel, along with prizes in chemistry, physics, physiology, or medicine and literature. Since March 1901, it has been awarded annually to those who have, quote, done the most or the best work for fraternity between the nations for the abolition of reduction of standing armies and for the holding of and promotion of peace congresses. end quote since 2020 the prize is awarded in the atrium of the University of Oslo once again in Norway question number eight what was the manufacturing process that was perfected by Henry Ford in production of his Model T cars And that manufacturing process, made famous by Henry Ford, was the assembly line. An assembly line is a manufacturing process in which parts are added as the semi-finished assembly moves from workstation to workstation, where the parts are added in sequence until the final assembly is produced. Although the concept was not invented by Henry Ford, Ford and his team were able to implement and perfect the process in the making of their cars in the early 20th century. As a result of these developments in method Ford's cars came off the line in three minute intervals or roughly six feet per minute. So once again that was Henry Ford who employed the assembly line perfected it and made it work giving every man in the United States or at least his goal every man in America a car. Moving on to question number nine. How many small cubes make up the standard 3 by 3 by 3 Rubik's cube? Okay, how was your mental math on that one? If you multiply 3 by 3 by 3, you get 27. The Rubik's Cube is a 3D combination puzzle, originally invented in 1974 by Hungarian sculptor and professor of architecture, Erno Rubrik. Originally called the Magic Cube, the puzzle was licensed by Rubik in 1978. The cube was released internationally in 1980 and became one of the most recognized icons in popular culture. As of March 2021, over 450 million cubes have been sold worldwide, making it the world's best selling puzzle game and best selling toy. Uh, fun fact every single position of a Rubik's Cube can actually be solved in 20 moves or less. And a 1981 guide to solving the Rubik's Cube was written by a 12 year old English schoolboy. It was called You Can Do the Cube, and that sold over one and a half million copies that was in 1981 it was written by a 12 year old and he actually sold one and a half million copies can you imagine that now of course like many people i grew up with a rubik's cube i tried a lot i i feel like i got close but i never was able to get it done it kind of bothers me to find out that uh any position can actually be solved in 20 moves or less which means that you're always 20 moves away from finally finishing a rubik's cube maybe one of these days But once again, the answer to that question is 27. There are 27 individual cubes that make up the Rubik's Cube. Moving on to our final question of the day. Question number 10. Who was the first woman to serve as the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, holding office from 1979 to 1990? That Prime Minister was Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Hilda Thatcher was a British stateswoman and conservative politician who served as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom from 1979 to 1990 and leader of the Conservative Party from 1975 to 1990. She was the first female British Prime Minister and the longest serving of the 20th century. As Prime Minister, she implemented economic policies that became known as Thatcherism. Soviet journalists dubbed her the quote, Iron Lady, a nickname that became associated with her uncompromising politics and leadership style. So, once again, the first woman to serve as Prime Minister of the UK, that was Margaret Thatcher. So, that will end this round of My Daily Trivia. Now, again, if you found this round to be a bit too simple, not to worry. Why don't you tune in tomorrow on Thursday? going to make it a little bit harder for you. you might enjoy it a little bit more if however you found today's episode to be a bit too challenging for you i encourage you to listen tomorrow anyway in fact i encourage you to listen to friday as well you never know you might learn something you might even surprise yourself and know the answer to a question as always we encourage you to tell your friends tell your family about our show we're always trying to grow the community here at my daily trivia I want to thank all of you again for listening to my daily trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see all of you tomorrow.